But let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I want to thank you for each one here today. I want to thank you, Father, for your goodness and your kindness and your love and your faithfulness and your provisions. I thank you, Father, for every person here today, for everyone listening. And, uh, and those that are out of town, just keep them safe. And may they have their time with you today as well. And I pray you'll be glorified. Now, carry this message, preach it to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus' miracles and signs always validated and reinforced God's message. And so God sent a message through Isaiah that prophesied of the coming Messiah, his son. In Isaiah 35, 5 through 6, it says, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For water shall burst forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. So the Messiah would bring in his kingdom with miracles of spiritual and physical healing. And in Luke 7, 20-23, we see how the people of Jesus' time were, were looking for a sign of the Messiah. Verse 20, When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the coming ones, or do we look for another? And that very hour he cured many of infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits. And to many blind he gave sight. Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. If the people were looking for a sign, the miracles Jesus was doing would be proof he was the Messiah there to usher in his kingdom. You know, if you have a heart that says, you know what, I really want to know truth, I really want to know Jesus, I, wa I want to discover you more, God's not going to deny you of that. If we, have, if we have a desire for Jesus, the word says, if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. And it's a matter of our heart saying, I want to know you, I want to follow you, I want to grow in you. And so I want to read about one of the miracles of healing that, that gave proof that Jesus was the Messiah and God in the flesh. In John chapter 9, 1 through 7, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Automatic assumption that if someone had a disability, it was the fault of the parents. But it wasn't. Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sang, but that the works of God would be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus had a mission to do, right? When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man, with the clay. Now forgive me for my weird thinking. I'm a weird thinker. Okay? But if I'm blind and Jesus is in front of me and his disciples, I know what's going on. I, I, you know, he wants to hear me and I hear <laughs> that's kind of unnerving. <laughs> now I would think that he would have done that graciously and as quietly as possible but I don't know. <laughs> See, that's my weird mind. But nonetheless, spit is spit. Yuck. Right? And yet, he spat on the ground. Had to be enough to mix it up. Got to make it plain here. And made clay with his saliva. 
and he anointed the eyes of the blind men with the clay. Now, he wanted to be healed. He knew that Jesus spit on the ground. He had to have. And you know what? He was willing to let him smear the stuff on his eyes. I think that's a, a step of faith on his part. I'm going, to let, I'm going to let you, Jesus, spit on the ground, mix some mud, pick it up with your fingers and smear it on my eyes. And if that gives me sight, I don't care what you do. Right? And that's what he did. And then in verse 7, And he said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Don't you find that to be a weird miracle? I mean, it's a wonderful miracle. Gave him sight. But the method was kind of odd, right? I love the fact that God does odd things for his glory. <laughs> you know, we can trust him even in the odd things. Now, this has always been one of those miracles, right, that you kind of scratch your head a bit. Why would he spit and mix it with dirt, and make mud to heal someone's eyes? It's a, uh, haven't you ever thought of that before? Anybody? Yeah, that's kind of odd. We will look at that this morning, and we're getting, hopefully, a better understanding of what and why he used that. So the first clue as to why is found back in John 9.1. So we're going to try to discover why did Jesus use spit. Okay? And hopefully when you hear the message, you're going to go, wow, that's awesome. And that's what I want you to walk away with. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. The man was born blind, which means, which means he had a genetic defect. It's genetic-based. Therefore, he needed to experience genetic healing. Ancient Jews, now here it comes, why spit? Okay? Ancient Jews held an interesting belief. They believed that the saliva of the firstborn had medicinal and healing properties. They believed that families could use the spit from the firstborn to prove that a son was indeed the firstborn and had the right to receive the firstborn's blessing. Do you get with that, where this is going? So, do you remember what Jesus' enemies accused him of? Let's go back a chapter in John chapter 8, verse 16 through 19. And yet if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. We're trying to get some validation of who Jesus is, right? It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. There's two. <laughs> they said to him, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. So Jesus is setting up something here. He said, look, you know, if you would have known my father, you would know who I am. He also told him that if you would have known the scriptures, you would know who I am, right? Now, Jesus did answer their question and show proof uh, following this incident in John chapter 9. Jesus uses his spit in this miracle to give proof that he is the firstborn of God. Now, just stop for a minute. Jewish people think that the firstborn at this time, their spit, only the firstborn, not the second, third, fifth, or fifteenth, the firstborn had medicinal elements in their spit to heal. Who is Jesus? The firstborn son of God. 
That means he's God. He's his only begotten son. So how, again, did Jesus answer the question and show proof following this incident in John chapter 9? And how was that proof? Well, how was mixing spit with mud proof that he is who he says he is? Well, let's look at some modern-day knowledge and get the answer. Today, crime detectives can use saliva from a cup to find out who was at a crime scene, right? Why? Because the saliva has their, their DNA, right? So when Jesus mixed dirt with his spit, he transferred his God DNA to perform a genetic healing. Now, that just opens my mind up to what, why did Jesus use spit, his spit, and mix it with mud and put it on a guy's eyes for healing. And only he could do that because he's God. His DNA was God. And so Jesus is using holy spit, if you will. <laughs> the DNA is from God. So God's DNA mixed with the dirt of the earth. How did God create the first man, Adam? Genesis 2-7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Man was created from the dirt and the breath of God. So here God takes the dirt that man was made from, an element needed to make him, and the DNA in his spit, as God, mixes it together to do what? Not to, just to heal but to make new. Woo! <laughs> I love that. I love that. Man was created from the dirt and the breath of God. By putting the mud on the blind man's eyes, Jesus was creating eyes anew. Now, careful. I bet he had 20-20, but I bet he had 20-20 spiritual eyes, too. <laughs> Because Jesus did it. So Jesus performed a miracle of healing that was a sign of proof of who he was. And as a result, the blind man was not only healed physically, but spiritually. Those that were wondering, who is Jesus? Who, who are you? And by two witnesses, well, my father's one and I'm the other. That's two witnesses of who I am. And if you would have known the scriptures, if you would have known my father, you would have known who I am. And knowing who I am as a firstborn son of God who uses my spit, mixes it with the, the dirt of the earth and smears it on the eyes of a blind man is not doing something weird. It's doing something godly that changed the man's eyes because I am creator God. Cool. Gives me chills to think about that. This is a reminder to us that God can heal us even genetically, even from disabilities we were born with, God can create us new. Now, with my heart, God can make my heart new. I know he can if he chose to. Okay? And you know what's going on with my heart. But I will say this, that he's kept my heart going far, far more than what was possible statistically and we can trust God to do what he wants to do 
So Jesus performed a miracle of healing that was a sign of proof of who he was. And as a result, the blind man was not only healed physically, but spiritually. These leaders in the community that were watching him asking for some sort of proof of who he was, not only did Jesus tell them who he was, the son of God, but I'm the firstborn and I'm God and I'm going to take my DNA, my spit and this mud and I'll put it on his eyes and he's going to have new, new eyes. Regenerated, brand new eyes. Because Jesus wanted to perform the miracle to say, this is who you're, you're talking to. <laughs> I am who I say I am. And this is further proof. Have any of you ever heard about that before? That the, the spit of the firstborn was considered to be medicinal? Wild. But Jesus' spit definitely had the DNA needed to take care of things. Look at John 9, 26 and 29. Then they said to him again, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? <laughs> I love that. Here's these guys trying to entrap them. They don't believe them. Why do you ask me again? Are you wanting to become a disciple? A follower? <laughs> oh, don't even say that. What are you talking about? Right? Then they reviled him. <laughs> And said, you are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciple. Here we go again. Greater is he that's in front of you, right, than Moses. Paraphrasing. And they're putting their stock in Moses. I mean followers of Moses rather than followers of God's one and only begotten son, creator of all. Lord, king of kings. And Jesus is trying to tell them, look, I'm God right here in front of you and i'm god's only begotten son and this miracle proves that Whew. wow wow the blind man could, could spiritually and physically see but the religious leaders were still spiritually blind verse 29 said we know that god spoke to moses as for this fellow we do not know where he is from what does that reflect? It just reflects a hard heart that doesn't want to believe truth. But a person who's really seeking after God and wants to know the truth, can you bet there are people around that blind man that knew he was blind and Jesus did this miracle and they ended up believing? Wouldn't doubt it for a moment. When we look with a heart that says, I want to know Jesus, I want to know truth, if our heart's genuinely seeking that, God will reveal himself to us. And reveal that he, that he is who he says he is. So again, the blind man could spiritually and physically see, but the religious leaders will st were still spiritually blind. Multiple times during Jesus' time on earth, he gave man a specific instruction that would lead to spiritual healing in life. Look at John eleven twenty five and 27. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, shall he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of the living God, who is coming to the world. Hear what Jesus is saying. Look, again, he says, he who believes in me, though he may die, shall live. Anyone that's not looking is going to say that's idiotic. They died. They're not going to live. Right? But anyone that's seeking will hear the truth that even though you die physically, you will live eternally. Praise God for that. 
and, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And it was by faith that she said, yes, Lord. And it was by the Spirit of God revealing truth to her that Jesus is who he is because she was able to say, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. She didn't come up with that. The Holy Spirit confirmed that in her heart because spiritual truth comes from God. And we see it again a few chapters later in John 14, 1 through 4. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Praise God for what he's promised us. So Jesus is telling us to just believe that he is the Son of God and we will have spiritual and eternal life with him. What's that word believe mean in the Greek? Pistuo. Pistuo means to rely on for one's spiritual well-being. It's not saying, saying oh, I believe that Jesus is you know, that guy in the Bible or whatever. No, it's believing with your heart and soul who Jesus is and receiving him into your life. Praise God for that. We just need to have faith and believe that he came to die on the cross and was resurrected to pay for your sin and my sin and to, and to give us a way of salvation and to be spiritually alive. How many of you know the Lord? You don't have to raise your hand, but know the Lord and are glad that you are spiritually alive, that you have a relationship with Jesus a relationship with God that you can call on your heavenly father because he is your heavenly father. How wonderful is that? That we, that I can call and you can call and say, dear father, my father in heaven, my heavenly father, I rejoice in the fact that truly you are God, my heavenly father. You are my father and I am your adopted child. How wonderful, how wonderful is that? How wonderful is it that we can have a relationship that's personal with God, personal with the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God for that. Like with the blind man, spiritual healing starts with eyes of faith. Hebrews 11.1, 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know, Jesus is really being merciful and loving when he did miracles to validate who he was. Because the reality is, is that he's still God before them in the flesh. And it still would take faith for them to believe. But God helped prime the pump of spiritual activity to reveal who he was to them. Praise God that he's revealed himself to us. And if you don't know, know that God loves you. He knows you better than you know yourself. And if you ask God, tell God, I believe in you. I know you died for my sins and you were buried and you rose from the dead and you're alive today. And I want to ask you to forgive me for my sin and come live in my heart. The Holy Spirit might be just knocking on your heart right now saying, I want to do that. And I tell you what, you do that with a genuine heart, you'll never regret it because you have a relationship with God himself, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
and hear validate himself in your life by his spirit and by the things he does in your life as you live for him. And we can praise God for that. Like the religious leaders, too often we fail to see the fullness of who God is, his promises, and what he's doing in our lives. We grumble and complain like the Israelites in the wilderness. This miracle of healing of the blind man pricked the religious leader's pride, but it revealed the Lord's overwhelming mercy and kindness. He was kind to the blind man, but he was kind to everybody that was watching. <laughs> I want you to realize this is who I am. I am the firstborn son of God. And I recreated this blind man's eyes right before you. Even Jesus reminded his disciples of this fact in Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. I remember witnessing to my stepfather as I was, a, I don't know, not a young teenager, an older teenager, and living in Miami. And I told him, I said, you know what, if God wants to, you can look out the window and it would be snowing right now and then it could stop. He goes, I don't know. I said, well, he is God, isn't he? <laughs> just trying to plant the seed. God can do whatever he wants. And just so you know, living in Florida one time, we did have a little flurry of snow in Miami when I was growing up. So, even Jesus reminded his disciples in Matthew 19, 26, but Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men this is impossible, with God all things are possible. He truly is the great physician of body and soul. God wants to give all of us a greater ability to see in greater faith. As believers, don't we want to have greater faith? But that comes at a price. Faith is believing in something we can't see. Faith is believing what God has said to do when it doesn't make sense. <laughs> faith is doing what God says regardless and trusting him with it. So if you're not saved and you don't have proof, but you can sense the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can say, I love you. I'm knocking at the door of your heart. Please come in. Please open up your heart and let me come in. As believers, if we, if we know Christ and he's leading us and directing us in our life, we can rest, be rest assured. We can rest assured in the fact that he's going to take care of whatever the need is and we can follow him and trust him with it. Can't we? We're following the Lord. We're in step with God. We can trust that God's going to take care of everything. Right? It's kind of like, um, you know, you get saved, but you still have this big rock across the door of the tomb. You lay yourself down, you're, you're dead to yourself, you, you want to live for Christ, but there's, a, there's this big rock that needs to be rolled away to let you experience the newness of life in God. We have to have that kind of faith, that God can take the rock and move it out of the way. <laughs> He can give us the, he can work in your life, in my life, the experience that he needs to help us to get past whatever we need to get past to move on in him and discover who he is. We respond either in faith or unbelief as the Pharisees did. I'm glad there were some Pharisees that believed. I'm glad the scripture says that there were some there were religious leaders that believed in Jesus and who he was. 
faith is about having the sight to see beyond our limitations and our circumstances and to trust God. God will call us to live outside our abilities. God will call us to, to embrace things that we have no control over. But so long as we're walking a step with the Spirit, God's going to do whatever He's going to do. Amen? And we can trust Him with that. When we respond in faith, one touch from Jesus, one touch, can open our eyes and change everything. Jesus can open up our spiritual eyes and give us the understanding and all the insight that we need and whatever we need of wisdom or knowledge or whatever that we need to enable us to move forward in him. Always move forward. Don't let life and circumstances in life halt us in our walk with Jesus, but walk forward with Jesus. So is there a healing that you need in your life? Right? Do you need to respond to God in faith? If you're a non-believer, you need to respond to God because God loves you and he wants to come in your heart. And all you have to do is open your heart and let him in. If you're a believer, we need to respond in faith because believers don't always walk by faith, do we? We don't always respond in obedience. But God wants us to trust him, to know that he will reveal himself to us in ways that we've never seen if we just walk with him. So do you need him to open your eyes to see him? Do you need, do you need spiritual, physical healing? And uh, if God has spoken to your heart that you need spiritual healing to just have Jesus come into your life, a new life, to be born again. In the 70s, it was a big term, wasn't it? Are you born again? Are you born again? Are you born again? And then the, re, the response is, oh, you're just a Jesus freak. And my cousin would say, I'm glad I'm a Jesus freak. <laughs> because of her relationship with God. And we're glad that we are God's children. And we're not ashamed of it at all. We praise God for that. And God is pleased by that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, um, I pray that you will open up our eyes in our own personal lives, um, open up our, our spiritual eyes to see more of you and who you are, Father, to know you better, Lord Jesus, as we, as we talk to you and as we rely on you and as we know that you can relate to us because you became 100% man and 100% God. You're not uh, someone that we would say that you don't know what it is to be a human being, but you are 100% man, 100% God. And I praise you, Father, for that, for sending your Son. I praise you for the love that you have, that you would sacrifice your Son for us, and the love, Jesus, that you have for the Father and for us to be followed through and to die on the cross for our sins. We're never understanding the magnitude of that, at least this side of heaven. So, Father, I pray that you just guide us as we walk with you. Help us to stand in you. 
to love you, to be confident in you, and to know that whatever you say, as we follow and do what you'd have us to do, that you will bless that and you will follow through on the work that you're doing in our lives. So thank you, Father, for it. Father, if there's someone here today that's never asked Jesus in their heart, may they come forward and receive Jesus as their Savior. If there's someone here today that's, that knows the Lord, that's not been walking with the Lord, may they come forward and say, I want to rededicate my life. If there's someone here today that says, you know what, I'm, I'm a part of this church, I want to be a member of this church. Father, just whatever you lead on people's hearts, may they do it. Because we want to be closer to you. We want to honor you. We want you to be glorified through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.